Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Donkey Very Much, Central Taipei's number one English language MBA podcast. Your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Matthew Von Ryan. Matthew! Shout out to us, Sam. Let's give ourselves a little love. We are now the fourth highest ranked podcast on Stitcher. If you search our exact name, <laughs> yes. we are only behind Very Bad Wizards, Nick Kroll's Premium Podcast, and you must remember this. So if you type our exact <laughs> name to, into Stitcher, we are number four. So I think I think maybe 2018, I think goals, like top two? Top two? Can we get the top two? If you, you know search what? our exact name? Like Very Bad Wizards. That's a great pod. I like that pod. Shout out to Very Bad Wizards. That's, that's a great pod. Nothing to do with we're the NBA. Literally nothing to do with dunking or anything like that. Yeah, we're, we're coming, coming for you. For coming for both you bad wizards. Fuck you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Number top two for our own name. That'd be amazing. I got really excited right there for a second. I was like, holy shit. It's 100% true, Sam. We're <laughs> Taipei's number one English podcast, and we are number four on Stitcher for people <laughs> who search our exact title. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Stitcher. Big shout out to Stitcher. Yeah, find us on Stitcher, it. guys. Yeah. Uh, Don't you very much, Pod, and scroll down. That's yeah. how you find us right there. Have our exact name, just scroll to the bottom. But we are the number one English language MBA pod in Central Taipei, and we're coming at you today with uh, with a special pod. We're going to do a little MBA love and hate. A little love and hate list for our MBA. Going over what do we love about the NBA? what's annoying us, what are we going to go back and forth on. So we're going to start off, uh, we're going to go back and forth, we're going to go hate for hate, love for love, we're going to finish it with love, finish on the positive Always note. But we've got a nice a nice three. And Matt, you want to kick it off, what is the number one, what's your biggest bugaboo, what's the thing that's bothering you about the NBA? Yeah, just to clarify Everything that we hate is because we love the NBA too much, right? Like, we're too much... Well, Sam's checking his I'm list. checking my list. I got the <laughs> Lakers on there twice for my... Th- okay, <laughs> I'll take them off once. <laughs> uh, uh, I love the NBA, but, you know, I hate the way technology has changed a few things in the NBA. And one mm. of them is instant replay. Ah. I love the idea of instant replay if it was instant, but it's not. It's always two or three minutes. It's always over some small things. You know... I really like, you know, I think people are going to be on the fence about this. Well, they should get the player right. But I really don't care if, as long as the referees are unbiased, right. you know, they make a judgment call and you move on. Like, oh, shit, yeah. that was a foul. They messed up. Like, so what? Like, they, they watch the tape after. They get a little better. Absolutely. I mean, there hasn't been a felony gambling problem with NBA referees for almost 10 Four years. Months. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the, no, I absolutely agree with you, man. And this was, I mean, I mean, nowhere made clearer than, the, you know, the, 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 the Ray Allen three-pointer, um, Game 6, Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, famously, you know, the, the Spurs saying, you know, the, if, uh, if that goes in and it's just called a three and there's no instant replay, they inbound the ball. I mean, it's, it's actually affected the play of the game because Spurs can take the ball out immediately and run up the court and instead you have this instant replay forced timeout that he kind of get to set their defense you know, Ray knew he was behind the three-point line they weren't worried about that and um, and, and so it becomes this extra little bit of a timeout and it, it changes the way teams can inbound the ball and things like that it, it actually has an effect on the game yeah now that I painted you in that corner I'm actually gonna disagree with you <laughs> fair, <laughs> right, fair. I, I do think at the end of games the last two minutes like the calls actually matter and oh. I do like instant playing situation and it's unfortunate that Miami was able to set their defense in this situation but yeah. uh, honestly I like I, I like the instant replay getting the call right in the crucial moment it just 
you know, in the middle of the season, in the middle of the game, like, did it go off him? I don't know, take a guess and let's play on, like, yeah. you know? Don't break up the momentum. I, I think it's one of the worst things. I think don't instant replay yeah, is one of the worst things that's happened in, in the NFL. Uh, you know, I'm watching the game with some of my Canadian friends and say, oh, the most exciting play in football, the instant replay. They Jesus go to the booth. Christ. And then now they've got a guy who's in a different booth who tells you what they're looking at in the booth, and you're just like, gee, and it, it How many really, booths are there, really? <laughs> When's fucking... the last time you've been in a booth? Email us at donkeyvarymuchpod. When's the <laughs> last time you were in a booth? Send us a photo of you in a booth. We'll mail you a booth from <laughs> Taipei. <laughs> we'll find a booth and we'll mail it to you. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it absolutely it, it, it fucks up the flow of play. And basketball is a game that, that relies on the flow of play, the momentum, the back and forth, up and down the court is it's really, really important. so fun. I was watching a YouTube video last week about a in-game three-point contest where two players go back and forth, just bang, 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 three, three, three. Yeah. Omar Caspi versus uh, uh, Steph Curry, actually, now teammates, but before when Caspi was with the Kings, they just go back and forth. They both hit three threes in a row. Like Just, just bomb it, yeah. so much fun. Like, don't call yeah. timeouts, don't... No, don't break it up. I, yeah. So yeah, it's that's something kind of, I hate. Maybe yeah, something maybe a selective use here and there. But I agree. In general, like you know, it it seems like it's an addressing a problem that wasn't a, a, a huge problem. You know, like and look and just look at the, it's kind of a slippery slope again. Look at the NFL. Now no one knows what a catch is. No one no one knows what right. it means to catch the ball. I have are no we idea. are we heading that way in the NBA where all of a sudden no one's gonna know like what a what a traveling violation is? You know, like thank God they're at least using it now for they're not using it for things like that. They're not using it for like penalties of that sort but do you know what a flagrant one and a flagrant two is you know that did you know that do you know the difference between those contact things contact to the head or I mean, non-basketball move exactly it's there's, there's certain stuff out there that's vague and I, I wouldn't i don't want to see the nba going that way and plus we can trust these refs again we haven't sent a ref to jail for a couple of years so yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're good they're all good they're all above board <laughs> donnie said they're all on the take but we can believe that that's a great hey uh that's yeah the instant replay uh yeah i hope we i hope we can i pull it down uh my first my first uh and nit to pick with the nba is the uh is is the, the the kind of the general nba trend and the bias against uh against big men against big mm. guys against bigs in the nba they get beat up this was illustrated for me really brought home by a, a play uh it was almost a almost a month ago now a few weeks back but i remember this this, this sequence was the new orleans pelicans versus the golden state warriors and you see it was where they were they were neck and neck down the stretch i believe it was tied around 96 96 boogie cousins gets the ball at the nail Drives in the lane, does a spin move into Draymond Green, and Draymond goes back, you know, flop. He had his feet set, but he was kind of in the restricted area. Maybe needed the instant replay, whatever. And they call the offensive right, foul I take on it back. Boogie. I love the instant replay. Yeah, I need it. I need it. No. <laughs> they, call the, they call the offensive foul on Boogie. And, I mean, he comes down. He barrels down the lane. Um, you know, he came down the lane. He threw his body into there, and he gets called for the offensive foul. The next play down the court, the Warriors come down. Steph Curry catches a backdoor pass, goes through the, the, the web of big men, doesn't get touched, and does this like very artful, beautiful, uh, spinning reverse layup. It's going, the crowd you know, goes wild. They, they, they lap it all up. And I, and I just like, so this, like, it was an illustration of, okay, this is what we want from our NBA. We're rewarding this. Little guys going in there. They're not afraid of getting hit by the big men. They're not afraid of getting taken down. And meanwhile, a big guy, like Boogie, should be able to dominate Draymond Green. 
Because physically, he can dominate him. He's so much bigger than Draymond. He can push him around by moving into space that Draymond is in. Like, Draymond has to move. He's just smaller than Boogie. I, I love this point. This and this, the physical advantage is this, is, is this getting taken away? Like, do you, like, big guys have to, like, I wonder what it would look like if Shaq was playing today in the NBA. Hmm. Would, he, would he be able to play a half without fouling out? Like, no, no way. I mean, it seems like if he played the way he did 2001 when he was the most dominant creature on the planet, yeah. <laughs> the apex sure. predator of, of, of all of life, and, uh, and would he be able to get away with that style of play anymore? And yeah. is it a good thing that he wouldn't be able to? I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a bad thing. This is a tease for my uh, upcoming thing I love, but uh, I love, like, the physicality of basketball. Yeah. You know, like, sports, like, we love... We love the big tackles, the breakaways, like, and, and baseball too. We, we love like, you know, players sliding and home runs and diving over the wall. Like, we want physicality. We're not trying to watch like ribbon dancing or figure skating. Like, yes. Yeah. So, so why punish the big guys for being big? Like, the number of comparisons between Steph Curry and ballet. If I hear one more ballet comparison to Steph Curry, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, it's accurate though, so it's almost <laughs> almost has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think when the, the little guys, when the point guards, when they go down low, they have to play that way. Like, they mm-hmm. have to be able to, to take, the, take a, a, little bit of a, a little bit of a beating. And if they can post up, if they can be crafty, then great for them. Yeah. It's the same as when bigs have to guard a, a point guard, you know, out on the wing. Like, yeah. they have to be able to be quick and agile. Like, they have to be something they're not. Yeah. So, so why is it like? Why is it such a point guard? The sacrifices are yeah. all coming from the bigs now. Yeah. You have to have bigs that are switchable. That can defend the perimeter. That can move around on the outside. They can move laterally this way. And meanwhile, these smaller, slighter guards aren't getting punished. They aren't getting posted up like that used to be. You know, like the wing. That would be the go-to. That'd be the e- what would make things even. That you take these little guys down. You put them in the block. You'd have guards who were great, even as recently as the early 2000s. You know, Chauncey Billups was great at taking smaller guards down to the block and punishing you for putting a smaller guy yeah, in. Andre Miller. Yeah, Andre Miller, the professor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, his, that was his, he put you in the hurt locker. That's where you're going. And, uh, and He was the original Kardashian ass. He's a gigantic ass. <laughs> gigantic ass, yeah, before Kim, Andre Miller. He was the king of Instagram, just... Ass pictures every day. Yeah, Utah, yeah. We remember this. It didn't have Instagram in his University of Utah days, but I'm sure (laughs) it would have. Uh, Yeah, I would like to to see. I would just like to see. I like so much about what the NBA. I love the NBA this season. But I just like, don't punish the big guys for being physically dominant. Let's have... Like, let's enjoy the fact that these 7-1 guys are freak. Like, what, could you ask for a better big man than Boogie? Come on. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially when that's, like, the most exciting subplot. Like, I've mentioned on the podcast many times that I think it's really exciting how Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins could match up against Golden State. Like, yeah. because they have a, an advantage in a different way that other teams don't, and they can maybe bully them. But if you make the rules that, like, oh, you have to beyond yeah. wing shooting threes like then it just simplify the game to a way that's not fun and yeah. it kind of touches on the instant replay thing where I, I believe there should be variants like there yeah. should be like unlucky days and and bad matchups like we shouldn't try to reduce the variance by uh, making yeah making yeah. making being big because the rules already make it more difficult. Like you know, Steve Kerr talked about this recently on the podcast with Bill Simmons that they had the back and forth, and he mentioned about the just the the biggest possible change. future guests. Yeah, possible future guests. Yeah, Steve Kerr always invited. We have an open spot on my bed. Um, 
this uh the the big men are already punished by the rules the the, the zone defense rules the def- they can defend bigs in a way that they couldn't during the Shaquille O'Neal era they can they can double guys earlier they can leave a guy in his area they can make they can make entry passes harder they can front him and have someone coming around the back to provide help they can do all these things so when you already have those rules set up against them if you do get that one-on-one matchup and the big does get it one-on-one and he's just backing guys down like let him that that should be a win that should be a huge win that you were able even to engineer that situation and then they're getting called for these cheap offensive fouls i don't like it i mean i we saw very recently game the boston celtics losing a heartbreaker in san antonio to a manu ginobili game winning three-pointer uh and but down the stretch of that game the story was uh was lamarcus aldridge and 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 lamarcus aldridge being defended one-on-one by al horford and the celtics not sending help and Lamarcus Aldridge, on three straight possessions, bullied him down low and got his shot and and, and took it to him. So that's what I want to see more of. You know, if you if you're good enough to engineer those situations, those one on ones, uh, then you should be you should be rewarded for that. And by the way, I wasn't mad about that loss, even though Kyrie's uh, game tying three banked out. If forty year old Mono's gonna hit a game winner on us. I wash my hands. I say okay. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I, we didn't talk about this before, but I thought the same thing. I thought I thought that was a good loss. I'm not a person who yeah. believes in good losses, but you were on the road and you played against uh, the greatest coach. Like you have the the, yeah. the two greatest coaches, Barnon mm-hmm. in the NBA, going head to head, and you lose. Uh, you know, a game-winning three by Ginobili. By Mono, by 40-year-old Mono Ginobili. I yeah. watched that live. I was just like, well, and fuck it, you know? No, <laughs> sorry. No Hayward, too. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought that was a really good loss. Like, yeah. To lose that game by three points was and they, yeah. amazing. But, yeah, but, uh, but it definitely should. LaMarcus definitely was bullying Horford down the down the stretch. Yeah. And I love Al. He's been amazing he this year. He had two points in that game, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He was at the game before. That was one of the, I, I, think it was that, yeah, I think it was that game he had two points. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. But uh, Horford, yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. He gets a lot of love. I, I get that he's kind of like almost like a dream on green, you know, different body type, different personality. But like, yeah. he's sort of like the glue guy, the the, yeah. the Swiss Army knife of the team. Absolutely. I mean, down the stretch as, as the sole big man, but they can slide into the four when they put another big with him. And he's got great chemistry with Irving. They've been great this year. Anyway, we're, we're, we're straying far afield. We've still got our, our, our loves and hates to get through. Anyway, uh, right off the bat, those are two good hates. Let's get into uh, the first thing that you love about the NBA, Matt. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about some of our NBA loves right now. Well, we can't talk about love without talking about hate. And I hate bullies. Bullies are just the, the worst people in life. They discourage people from uh, from pursuing academic or alternative sports or just just anything that like <laughs> is seen, deemed not cool. Yeah. The bullies are just going to push you out of that. Yeah, right? like fuck I, you bullies. Yeah. In, uh, in high school, I was on the golf team. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> I wasn't even bullied, but there was just a perception that was not cool. I, I, yeah, so I, I was really good. I won a bunch of tournaments. Uh, I was the youngest person on varsity. I think I was a freshman on varsity. But I, I got I got pressured out of it. <laughs> this is the Matt fucking yeah reminiscing yeah. All right, let's tell you Bruce how I lost my virginity. Okay, so. I hate bullies, but glory uh, days, boom, boom, nah, nah. But NBA bullies, I love them, and there's nothing NBA I love bullies. more when it's bully on bully. And two nights ago, we got Zebo versus Demarcus Cousins. Oh yes, and it's just bully on bully. And you know, when you really watch the NBA, especially if you have like a league pass or something where you can skip around, or you're just you know downloading online illegally. Shout out to all the 
the pirates out there. <laughs> <laughs> NBA Replay TV dot com. Shout out to all your all of our cheapskate <laughs> listeners. But uh, you know, if you watch the NBA, players are always pushing other players around, and there's like mm-hmm. a big sort of ecosystem where like the the known bully is just always kind of like on someone just always elbow to elbow shoulder to shoulder just kind of like here's my space i'm moving here you can either push me and get a foul or you can move you know like what do you want to do and and there's sort of like uh it just yeah it's sort of like nature (laughs) works its way out like yeah you know sort of works itself out where uh the, the the lesser bully kind of backs down. Yeah. And it just happens. I mean, you saw an extreme example when uh, Matt Barnes spit on his finger and put it in Gordon Hayward's ear <laughs> during an NBA game. <laughs> That's the extreme. A bully to yeah. to uh, second-year player Gordon Hayward. Choir boy, yeah. <laughs> Choir, yeah I mean, that's the extreme example. But when the bullies versus bullies, and mm. neither, like, both guys, like, I, I'm going to go here. Like, it's not an important place, but, like, uh, I'm going to stand here. And the other guy's like, no, you're not going to stand here. <laughs> and Zeebo and Cousin just pushing each other around. Uh, they both got technicals. They both got a lot of fouls. The whole game, they're just sniping at each other. <laughs> neither, and, and, again, it's not like they're fighting over rebound. They're just, like, fighting over space. Or like, yeah, my just my arm goes here. This is where my arm goes, okay? Yeah. So, like, you got to respect. I love Bully vs. Bully. It was fantastic. That was a fantastic matchup. That was a hilarious game to watch. Zebo hitting some just circus shots, too. He's like, nothing puts Zebo in the way back machine, like someone stepping up to him. Because most people, like, let's be honest, most people stopped stepping to Zebo a long time ago. Like, oh, you let him get his. He's not going to yeah. be a game-changing force anymore at, at his age in his current role. Absolutely. But you get him riled like Boogie did, man. He got under his skin. That was fantastic. I love that bullet. Who is the best, uh, who do you think then is the best NBA bullet right now? Who would, who would be the... I mean, it's got to be Zebo. Do you remember all the, 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 the Blake Griffin stuff where like he would like jump on Blake Griffin every time he was on the ground and like wrestle <laughs> him and like choke <laughs> him out? Like really crazy stuff. For all of our listeners, yeah. like just YouTube, those two players, like he would be on the ground and he'd be just, yeah. just put his arm around his neck. Like, it was so <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I think Zebo's not really relevant, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. With relevant players, you know, I, it might be Cousins. Cousins, yeah. It might be the biggest NBA bully it right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think Cousins is for real tough, or is he... <laughs> Um, nice job drinking that water. Is he for real tough, or do you think... There's or, a hole on the side. How do, what do, what do you water think? Water. Like, is Cousins, like... Like uh, you know, the the famous the, the the golden standard is Stephen Jackson, all right. Like you know, like tough on the court, uh, and also someone you just want no part of off the court. What do you think? Is Cousins on the just on the court tough, or is he all the way? I wouldn't want to fuck with Cousins. I wouldn't fuck. I would. I mean, I don't like, want to find out. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. That's a great one. NBA bullies, the bully on bully. Yeah, I love NBA it. I a, love bully. On I think bully. there's a theme that there with the last hate is like the toughness. We love yeah, the toughness in the it's NBA. Fun. We love that stuff. Um, my first love. Uh, this is this is a it's a pretty easy one to shout out. Like I love this year's rookie class, and I am 
blown away by the fact that this year's rookies are so amazing and the top two picks are such dog shit. It's incredible. It's an absolutely insane rookie class. And both it's, need to change their shot, as you mentioned on a previous Yeah, podcast. both of them literally cannot do the most fundamental NBA thing, which is shooting. Uh, it's, it's, it's insane uh, that, that, that the rookie class has been so talented behind it. Watching Jason Tatum, I could go on and on. I'm not going to make this a Celtics pod, though. Donovan Mitchell in recent weeks has been absolutely a revelation. I think Ben Simmons has got the rookie of the year year award locked up in a sleeper hold and is making it tap quietly to his dominance right now but if there's someone who could be making a case for himself donovan mitchell has been doing a hell of a job recently as an offensive spark plug for utah something that a lot of people didn't maybe see him being this good offensively this soon yeah and he was about the 12th pick the 12th pick yeah and, and also talk about a lot of other rookies who uh not even first round picks you can talk about the guy that the young man out of uh south carolina whose name i'm about to absolutely massacre uh, uh, Sidonius Thornwell? Yeah, Thornwell out of the Clippers. Basically starting for an injury-ravaged Clippers team, but still playing significant minutes as a rookie. Uh, these rookies around the league just popping up everywhere, filling up box scores. I mean, what an amazing year. I mean, maybe last year's dog shit Rookie of the Year campaign is making them stand out kind of like in relief, but it's been an amazing year for rookies, man. This rookie class is fantastic. Yeah, I mean this is one. This is the the one I left off my love list. Was mm. I love the one and done? Players need to develop. There's a reason why Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are so good when they come to league. It's because they they miss their first year. Like yeah. eighteen year old players can't play with grown men. Yeah, and I I love the G League and I love that development and I hope that the young players can get paid. You know, if yeah. they're, if they're that great, that they can get a salary. Like that's fair. Like they don't need to play for free. Yeah. They don't need to make the university's money, but they they shouldn't be in the NBA because yeah. it ruins the quality of the NBA. And you know, like there's just there's so many other ways. So uh, yeah, what do you I, think? I actually really love the one done rule. What do you think? So you love the? Would you keep the current system the same then? Because it seems like it's going to be changed. Like there's a lot of times. Yes, Adam Silver's pushing to get rid of it. I yeah. think if you develop the G League, then it, it all makes sense. Yeah. But it, it's so it's so dependent on how the G League is going to work. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have these stars, Bagley and... Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, only Aiden, Bagley. DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mo Bamba from Texas. Yeah, so I mean... Luka Doncic. So star, well, yeah, Luka's in Europe, but... I, no. um, if you have them in your G League team, mm-hmm. but you say, like, you, you can't join the NBA until you're 20 or something, mm-hmm. right? That makes the G League... Uh, something that can be on TV, yes. you know, like that makes yes. a lot of money for you. Yeah, it, and and the the teams can draft them and they can pay them, mm. and they don't need you know now there's two way salary, so they yeah. can get NBA salary and play in the G League. The problem is is when the next LeBron comes out, you know, like yeah. does he need to spend two years in the G League? This Why? Guy, like, he's he's spent two years in Asheville, he, North yeah, Carolina. Right? Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, come on, yeah. There's still sort of this problem, but uh, I do. Uh, I do like getting some more maturity yeah. in the NBA and less developing. Like, don't develop on my time, you know? Like, yeah, come on, yeah. It's like, I'm buying the season tickets, I'm watching the game. And how often is, like, I'm bringing like, my child to the game. Like, why why develop in front of me? Like, There's the out. few players who develop fast enough, and this year's yeah. NBA rookie crop is going to be such an ar- a counter-argument against what we're both kind of saying because they're so good so fast. But a lot of the time, you got to remember, a lot of the time, you watch these kids develop for a couple of years and then their rookie contract expires and they end up going to another team. Like, you know, like Absolutely, we, yeah. you see this all the time with players being developed and like there's 
there is that elite class of players who will develop and then become, and that's the player you you extend early and you get them, you you extend their rookie deal and you keep them in the team and then you have control over that player. But like the the vast majority of players aren't that top echelon, the top ten percent of the NBA. Like yeah, I mean my, look at look at the number one pick. Like why hmm. is Fultz not playing? He's not injured. Yeah. You're just not ready to play. Like, <laughs> That's the weirdest like, fucking thing. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's, crazy. it's so if crazy. If this team was bad, we'd be talking about it every day. Yeah. But they're, they're doing great, and it seems like they don't even need faults or something. But, like, yeah. the, the number one pick, the clear number one pick. Yes. The far and away. The, yeah, the, Boston knew that. Oh, my Boston, God. That's Boston knew they had to take him. Because if they would have, if they would have done the trade, they would have yeah. taken him. It, it's, like, it's like Greg Oden or something. Like, you yeah. have to take this guy because he's the best. But, you know, he's just not ready. Like, he needs yeah. to follow the team around. He needs to kind of learn about NBA. Yeah. He needs to, like, build his confidence. And you he know, went from a losing Pac-12 team to straight to the NBA, and he was great on that Pac-12 team. But, like, it's just... It was hor- but the team was horrible. The team was horrible, and it's weird. It's, it's, it's so weird. You're right. But it, it, you, we're in this tough situation where it's kind of like, do you design a situation that's best for the top players, like for LeBron? Right. LeBron's situ- situation is, is, is to... Get the fuck out of his way as soon as possible because this guy's fucking ready. He should be earning money as soon as possible because yeah. he's earning everyone around him money by how great he is. That's, so he's being robbed by not. That, that's that's, problem, yeah. so, that's so do you design a whole system around the LeBron model? No. Or do you design it around the other middle class and then but then you end up holding back the LeBrons, yeah, the future it, LeBrons. It's very hard. It's very. I've heard things people talk about. You convene a, a selection committee who looks at these kids individually. That seems tough. What does that look like? That's Who's so doing tough. That? That's like, a, that would be the greatest answer. That is the greatest answer. I just don't think it's possible. What another, it's just what, not possible. Let's have another avenue for, for shoe companies to bribe people. <laughs> like, yeah, who's, who's on the selection committee? Oh, that's, Kim, that's Kim from accounting at Adidas. Awesome. She's on the selection committee. Yeah, she says he's ready. All right, two thumbs up from Kim. Like, I, I agree with you. If we had a more robust minor league, if the G League was a viable minor league product, I'm so we could get these guys sure. in. Like, you know, like a similar, uh, the NFL rule, I believe, is three years after their last year of high school. So you have, I think it's two. Is it two years after the last yeah. year of high school? So they have. So in, I thought most guys had to finish their third year. I got, anyway, regardless, a certain number of years after the last year of high school, then now you've got the Marvin Bagley's who reclassify and skip a year of high school, basically. Right. So you know that would postpone it to about nineteen if it was two years, twenty if it's three years. If you assume the best players reclassify, so. so- that seems all right, yeah. but they can start earning a living earlier on. But again, I don't know. Yeah, there's no good answer. But, I mean, also, if you develop the G League to where it's not sponsored by Gatorade, yeah, 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 yeah. where it's like, go back to the NBA Developmental League, mm-hmm. you know, like, why not, like, you know, you draft a guy, you give him a salary, like, why can't he play two years in uh, Tallahassee or something? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, why is that so bad? If yeah. if that league is respectable, now it's a joke. You've been this wasting yeah. his talent, but like you see with like soccer and uh, baseball, like the number one pick doesn't go join his team in yeah. baseball. Like he goes and plays single A and double A and triple A and moves yeah. his way up. And you see with soccer and uh, even just basketball in Europe, yeah. where they develop the players. Through their their sort of uh, minor league system, but those European systems, then you're looking at those those guys get get plucked up way way earlier. They're in youth development programs since they're like eleven. You know, yeah. they they don't go through the. That's high why school I love system. the one and done rule. Like I love yeah. the, I love they have to go to college. Like 
when I was in college, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. But it's teaching me to do bullshit. Like, but that's the thing. Life is about like doing things you don't want to do. And college taught me how to do that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a depressing <laughs> that's, but true statement. Well, that's the thing we didn't touch on. And, and I'd love to spend too long on this particular point. But the thing we, we didn't really touch on right there is that uh, what, would, what would any of these things do to college basketball? Because you and I still love March Madness. We love college basketball. Uh, and, uh, and eliminating the one and done rule, doing the G League thing pretty much rip the guts out of college if you're not if you're not if you're not tuning in to watch these you know these these future NBA draft picks there's a lot of people who are there for that and you want to see how they how they fare yeah so the problem is with G League or playing overseas is you're playing against grown men and yeah. and you're an 18 year old like person like you shouldn't be playing against the G League or or your basketball as as Sam complained before the uh, <laughs> The universe has saw the Olympics of yes, university Christ, sports, yeah. like Slovakia, whoever the team who won, like the average age was twenty four. Like how is it? Yeah, how are you? But like, you know, like I, I think the, I think that they should really keep the system, and because players have options, it's not like we're exploiting players. Like they can go play in China, they can play in Europe, but they can make a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like cool, yeah. like do it. It worked okay for Brandon Jennings. Yeah, it worked. Okay, for two weeks for Emmanuel Moutier, and then, <laughs> and then that's it. But like they yeah. have these options, I do think the G League would be cool. But also, uh, you know, playing against like kids your own age and yeah, and being the coolest guy on campus and that's I mean that's a completely unique and awesome uh, experience that those kids get to have. But I think I mean maybe the long term solution is you let teams draft these guys and get their future like their rights and start paying them. But still, they go to college or something like that. There's got to be some system because it's just, I mean, we're going to see it again. It's going to happen again where a guy goes to college, has a great college career, and gets hurt in college and then never gets it back together for the NBA. And that guy could have been a millionaire, and it's just not fair. I don't know. Uh, tough one. But anyway, this originally started as a love of NBA rookies. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fair. We, we, were can, little, we can speed. We were a little far field. Yeah, let's, let's bang out a few. Let's go into, uh, let's go into your next. Uh, we're back to the hate. Back to the hate side. Okay, uh, it was tough to leave off NBA hair, but we talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely the first thing I thought It looks like Alfred hair. Payton is wearing a hat. <laughs> All right, I'll make this one really quick. I hate three things. I hate Magic, I hate the Spurs, and I hate the Celtics. Not the Magic, I hate Magic, yeah. Celtics, and Spurs. I hate them for all the same reasons. Because whenever I see Magic, I'm like, well, that's really cool. How'd you do that? And I'm like, no, nah, I can't tell you. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, like, I have to know. It's like, no, 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 I can't tell you. Like, yeah. It's like, no, no, no I, I won't tell anyone. Just just tell me. Like, yeah. how'd you do it? It's like, I can't tell you. And I just feel stupid and I feel like I, I can't like move on in my life until I know how this Magic is <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I watch, man, I watch the Spurs. And there's no good players on this team. Like, all, like <laughs> yeah. all is okay. Quietly about all year. Like, why are they so fucking good? 17 and, then, and 8. Then I watched the Celtics, and there was one game where uh, Irving and Horford, and of course Hayward, were all out. Yeah. The big three. The big three were all out. And then it was just like, Ojale and Daniel Tice or Tice or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and they won. <laughs> yes. Like, like, what the fuck? And I'm watching it. I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, are these players really good? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I don't know if they're really good. And especially with the Spurs, like, you know, trying to make fake trade Spurs, uh, trying to make fake trades with the Spurs for DeAndre Jordan. I was like, 
there's no players any team would want. Like, yeah, who do the Clippers like, want? Yeah. So it's the same thing as when I watch Magic. I just feel stupid after because I don't <laughs> understand yeah. why are the Spurs and Celtics good. I, I don't get it. Like I, I get the Celtics, they have a little star power. Yeah. It's mostly about the Spurs, but yeah, these yeah. are three things I don't understand. I've got nothing profound really to add to that. Like I mean, I did not see the Celtic. I, I I predicted a long and difficult meshing period followed by Kyrie being awesome and and then being great towards the playoffs. Kyrie's I did so not good. see them. So but, good. He's so good. Watching him dribble, I could just watch him dribble all day. It's amazing. It's it's he's such a good ball handler. Um, I always say like lull, Oh, he lulled him to sleep. Like that's that's how I feel too. Like <laughs> I could just watch Kyrie like every night. I'd go to sleep so much earlier. Sleep just like a baby. Yeah. Back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, same thing. Watching Lamarcus Aldridge post ups. I also, I'd also, I'd probably fall asleep faster for different Lamarcus reasons. Lamarcus Aldridge on the post, hesitate, hesitate, he hesitates. <laughs> he fake fast, hesitate, <laughs> and he breaks the jumper. That's a brick fadeaway. Lamarcus does that weird post up move where he like, where he, he he'll like dribble a couple times and it, he does a dribble where it looks like he's just slapping the ball. Yeah, it's like a really high dribble. And then he immediately goes in that weird like that like the his jumper looks beautiful like in stride, but when it's just off the it looks so herky jerky off the but it's, it's fucking killed the Celtics down the stretch and that, that night. Yeah, I I have no I have nothing really to add to that. That's a, that's a great point. The Celtics and the Spurs me, you know? are working magic. I, I I'll do a quick hit or two for my next hate as well. So we, we'll keep it moving along right there. I hate the Chicago Bulls. Wow. I hate the Chicago Bulls. They the three fucking, and twenty-one Chicago Bulls. This wow. is the team. Fire and shots at the worst team. <laughs> a team that should be rebuilding sold their second-round pick to the number one team in the okay. entire NBA. Yeah. And okay. this player is now a major cog in their team. Jordan Bell is like playing significant minutes on this team. Is replaced a McAdoo off their bench. Looks looks awesome. Looks like just a total steal. If there's one thing you need to do as a rebuilding team is use your draft picks on players who might be able to play NBA basketball. They sold him. Now it's they're like it's like the thirty second pick is almost the first rounder. It's insane. It's insane that this is not like in the doing? front page of like they're just, just taking sell the team. just sell. If you don't, if you give that little of a shit, it's like three. Like it makes no sense. Your team. Like what are the Chicago Bills worth? Two billion at least, right? The third biggest market in America, probably. Third biggest market, probably, probably more. Michael Jordan's fucking statue in front, like I mean, it's just like I mean, I assume that almost every NBA team is probably worth like about a billion at this right. point. So Chicago's got to be at least like is three billion an insane number to throw? I have no idea. Like I'm not into that financials, but I mean, can we pay in Bitcoin? Yeah, <laughs> if we can pay in Bitcoin, which by the way, going up. Um, we should. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like. It was what like the the cash considerations that they got for him are so it was small. Three million relative, dollars. Relative three to three million dollars. It might be if then if they're billions. So that's like I mean it's just you insane. You are a billionaire. How cheap they are. You are a billionaire. I mean you know like again like this is the team that like the the most the only story anyone has cared about for them for the entire season is the fact that. Two players had a fight and Bobby Portis broke the other guy's face in practice and then had the most hilarious non-apology ever, which was great. I do love that. Shout out to Bobby Portis. But, um, I mean, I hate the Bulls. Like, how is this team, like, this is the team, like, I don't know. I hated the Bulls when they were the Celtics rival during the Derrick Rose Apex years. Um, this is a team that has lucked into being fantastic like the, the their history they had they had Phil Jackson at his prime they had Ma Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen obviously they won all these titles 
like Michael Jordan feuded with ownership the entire time. Like, yeah. like I mean, this the the team Jerry has never. Reisendorf? Yeah, the the, yeah. the team has never been good. Like the or, the organization, the structure has never been good. They've just been incredibly lucky with these guys they had. Like the youngest ever, like Derrick Rose at the MVP is absolutely insane. I hate the Bulls. I hate everything about the Bulls. Fuck the Bulls. Don't sell picks to the best team in the league when you are trying to rebuild. So fuck the Bulls. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. It's kind of awkward. Uh, my next love is that I actually love the Bulls. <laughs> no way. No, no, okay, no. I don't. <laughs> the, I, the finisher, you love them, the marketing? Yeah, I, yeah. I actually love that uh, the NBA, this is a little deeper cut, but the NBA has done away with the continuation fouls to get free throws. Nice. So last, for the past couple of years, garbage players, as Sam would say, trash players, like Harden, DeRozan, uh, they will they'll drive and they'll get bumped and they'll take two more steps and shoot and then that's two free throws. The NBA has done away with this. It's funny to see the players complain all the time. It's like, well, this, this is a new rule. Like, it's like, well, I've been doing my whole career. It's like, yeah, cool, but yeah. now the rule has changed. You can no longer do this. And you know, I really hated it last year because I hate free throws. That's like, yeah. that's, that was my honorable mention. Is I. I hate watching free throws. It should be one free throw. Yeah. It's two points, I, I believe. Yeah. I, I just do away with free throws. And do away with fouls. I mean, come on, just play the game. <laughs> do away with... Okay, all right. We just, got a little extreme I, right there. Yeah, dude. I mean, how, no about, how about technical fouls or nothing? Like, how about trampolines under the basket? How about technical fouls? <laughs> like, why, like, why are we stopping the game for, like, this ticky-tack stuff? Like, it should be egregious, and you should be, like, technical foul, flagrant, you yeah. know, fined. Or it should be nothing. I I want to see the game move, but uh, I'm really happy. I think that would. Act, I I think that's the op. I think it would do the opposite. <laughs> All right, this was actually on my list. I went on a little rant. There. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. get back to my point. The reason the ball moves now is because they changed the rules where you can't hand check guys. If you if we go back to that era, was that game two, tackle? That's now. 2004 Pistons again, man. That's what yeah. we're getting. You did not love that. Nobody loved that. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I was watching in Portland with my little Pistons banner. That was the worst worst NBA Finals ever. That's true. There's a balance. But it also comes from limiting how many free throws people get. And Mm -hmm. uh, the NBA has just done a great job. Just Mm -hmm. just a great job of the fouls on the ground. Even you are going up to shoot. Clearly, like you are getting ready to shoot. The fouls on the ground, take it out. Take it out. Take out the side, no shots. Yeah. So that that's it. I like that. That that's that, that's a good point. I think that there's a. I think there were too many free throws and the continuation. That seems like low hanging fruit. Like you know, there are too many free throws. That is interrupting the pace of the game. Let's get rid of these continuations. Yeah. These rinky dink. Like you got hacked and now you're doing an off balance three pointer over your shoulder. So bad. last year was so bad. So last blatant. So you know, so blatant. I mean, there's already a lot of uh, of, of free throws. Still better, I think, than the, uh, the than that kind of like late '90s era where it's just like these endless marches to the line. I'd have to look up the actual see if there were more. It just seems like growing up there were a lot, a lot of free throws in those Bulls and Laker, uh, Bulls and sorry, Bulls and, and Jazz finals. I remember a lot, of, a lot of trips to the line. And yeah. Jordan got to the line a whole lot. I mean, that was a, a lot, uh, he made his living there. And, and Harden does now too. Um, it, it it depends. It varies from game to game. Some some games it feels like it really breaks up the game. But I think the continuation has been a, has been a nice change. I like yeah, that. I like it. Shout my out to the refs. My, my next love is for the um, the stratification of the NBA. I love the stratification of the NBA. The the 
that we have a clear top four right now. Uh, as LeBron has gotten the Cavs back on uh, on pace, you've got the Cavs and the Celtics. You've got the Rockets and the Warriors. I would add the Spurs. You can throw the Spurs in there. So, We've well, been Kawhi so has no Kawhi. They just beat the Celtics, so I guess we would have to right? probably like, put them no without Kawhi. Kawhi. Would have been this good. Yeah, let's uh, uh, absolutely. I'll say and the Spurs. You put those five teams at, at the top. And Blazers. Uh, all right, all right. Oh, let's take a five. Blazers, yeah, yeah. That, that's three in a row right? losing streak. That's actually my last hate. I hate the Blazers <laughs> losing three in a row. I love watching the Blazers. I put them as my top watchable team on my NBA League Pass. You were just trolling me. That was, that was a little bit, but I'm not little than that. Anyway, um, the uh, the stratification, and then you have some teams that are clearly uh, are, are are pushing their chips into the tanking lottery, and then you have this amazing middle section, uh, and and uh, and it's. We talked about this a lot going into the league about in the, in the Western Conference, how there was this mass of, of about eight teams going for what we assumed were going to be five playoff spots. Right. And now Oklahoma City's kind of joined that mass of big teams. Sure. And so it's this huge chunk of teams going for these limited number of playoff spots in the Western Conference. But the East has become crazy too. Like we've got the 76ers right in the running. Uh, right now, Charlotte would be on the outside looking in. Like the rankings are absolutely are, are nuts in both. In both, we have this great middle class of NBA teams. I don't think any of these middle class teams could compete for the title, though. But it it provides fuel. I love the stratification of the NBA. Mm. I love that we have these clear cut kind of championship contenders, and we can kind of judge the middle class by how they play against these top teams. And then you have these low these these lower teams that are getting beat up on. And uh, that, I think it's just. Uh, I think the league, it makes a lot of sense. So you I think love the, bullying. Yeah, I love it when the NBA is like this. I yeah. like that. This is where I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I could see the I could see the Rockets beating the Warriors this year. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Am I totally nuts? Totally nuts. I mean, if, if Curry's healthy, then yeah. I, I think that that's ridiculous. I, I think 40, if they shoot 44 three-pointers a game, your variance statistically is so high. Yeah, how's that? How's that worked out for them in the playoffs? It's <laughs> horrible, horribly, horribly. They have been one of the most disappointing playoff teams ever. Absolutely horribly. But hard, hard, yeah, again, yeah, okay. It's December. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, one of the Warriors could get injured. So I mean, Curry's out right now. So if Curry's out, then yeah, I think it's a, it's a contest. But uh, right. anyway, NBA stratification. I love the stratification. I love it. Uh, the the. I love the fight among the middle class. I love the top, the, the, the cream rising the top. It's pretty great. Yeah. So, I mean, my next hate, this is something Sam touched on a little bit. This is our, our last hate, I believe. Yeah. I, I mean, I have so much more. <laughs> you guys want to contact me? I have a whole Salty, list. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you made this Thank idea, you very much, Potter, G, I wrote down six things I hate so fast and have to cross them out. I was like, love? Eh, I guess I kind of love People my... wearing socks with sandals? But Matt, that's not even an NBA <laughs> I have so many rants against all of you, but no. Uh, you tried to write Alfred Payne's hair, but your pen tore through the paper. <laughs> yeah. So my last hate is something that Sam touched on about uh, cheap ownership, and this goes to the naming of the stadiums. You are the owner of a stadium. <laughs> you own the Rose Garden or the whatever, Boston Center, but instead you change it to Smoothie King or Moda <laughs> Center or TD Garden. Like, I mean, I don't know about the, each individual it's, it's contract, but I, I, know, <laughs> I know that Paul Allen makes $5 million a year to call his stadium, yeah. his team plays. Like, this is a, it's a power move. It's not an investment. Invest yeah. in, like, 
fucking like wind farms or Bitcoin or something. Like, <laughs> this is like a power move. I own an NBA team. Yeah. And then you're going to take $5 million to like name the stadium. And the thing is, every NBA announcing team and like, you yeah. know, just anytime they reference it, they have to say the name. They, they yeah. can't call it the Rose Garden, yeah. which has been, which was called for many, many <laughs> many 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 years and they have to change into something so cheap and generic and yeah. like and no one knows what it is like I, I've never seen a smoothie king I can guess what that is I don't know <laughs> what TD Garden is I guess it's investing something TD Bank is a bank okay, yeah. okay it's a bank okay what's, what's Moda Center Moda is it like a, that, that's Portland we're, we're, it's the Moda Center they is it like, the Moda, Moda is it like a phone is it I don't a know phone? I really phone? don't know I'm from Portland I really don't know I thought it was just short for Motorola it's, actually yeah, <laughs> it could be Japanese Motorola we, we don't know and like why why reduce it to that and you know I, I've been to the games there and, and they're always Moda Center let's rise like fuck <laughs> you like yeah. I, I don't like the sponsorship behind the team names and Sam and I live in Taiwan we both also lived in Korea before, and in these two countries, it's interesting because the teams don't have mascots, they have corporations. Yeah, there's named after companies, yeah. Yeah, so you're cheering, you're not cheering like, let's go Bulls, let's go Bears, you're, you're shouting like, let's go Motorola, let's go Taiwan Beer, let's go... Yeah. Chonghua Telecommunications, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. You're shouting the co the yeah. company name, and I don't like it, and I don't like how it's creeping in the NBA. I don't like the the patch on the the jerseys. Ooh, the little advertisement patch. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's that was. It's not horrible, but I hate the naming rights for the stadium. Yeah, the naming rights for the stadium, and it's, again, like. Uh, the NBA is the most exclusive club there is. NBA ownership is the most. Ex you're already in the club. You've you've been there. So why are you there? Is it really just another investment amongst your investments? I guess. I mean, I've never been in the position where I'm sitting there owning a team and the company is being like, "Here's uh, like you know ten million dollars to use our name," and it's just money that you put in your pocket because that money doesn't go to the players or anything like that. Well, what about it's, goodwill? Like, what about the fact that you're one of the only you're one of the only people who owns basketball to an NBA basketball team in the world, and you will always be one of the only people who have ever owned an NBA basketball team in the world. Why not just call the like this like the fuck you house <laughs> you know right. something like that like you know like this is I am here this is my Pay place me bitch house yeah exactly or just name it after the team that would that would be amazing spirit like you know like if it was like the Pelicans renamed the Smoothie King arena like the, the nest the nest exactly the nest I don't even know if Pelicans right, have nests nest. I don't know they probably don't they're yeah. a roaming creature they're from, yeah they're they're too big for they're a nest. Salt How water the bird. Could you build a a pelican nest, that'd be here. Yeah, the pelican, yeah, sand pit or whatever. I feel like they is. sleep in the bay or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, trailblazers. What about trailblazers? I always see them the on trail. wharfs. They're always on wharfs or piers. I don't know. The pier. Chilling. The pier. Something like that. I don't know. The yeah, the, Boston, yeah, something, know, the Boston Garden was a great name. The TD Bank North Garden at least kept Garden, but TD Bank North is a Canadian bank. So, uh, yeah, I agree. With how about trailblazers? That's a, the the trailblazers. Yeah. So what would they what, what should they be called? Yeah. What do you think? Like something from Oregon Trail. It have to be like a throwback, like the like, You Have Died of Dysentery like <laughs> Arena. Wagon rut. The, Welcome to the rut. Welcome to the rut. <laughs> You're deep in the rut. The rut is also what when when like deer and elk 
the the month of the year where they all fucking have babies is called the rut. That's so. great. It's perfect. I, 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 love <laughs> I like that. Welcome to the rut. Everyone's just on ecstasy. I, I love that. Right I now. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Portland rut. Welcome to the rut. Uh, that's a great. That's a great hate. Yeah, come on, guys, step it up. You own an NBA team. Don't be beholden to Smoothie King. Yeah, that's such. A, that name's almost like a parody of itself. It's, it's so ridiculous. ridiculous. And they have some horrible saying too. Like I watched the. They're on Lean Pass, and every time they come back from a commercial break, they're like, Smoothie King, this drink is good. Or so it's like some horrible thing. It's like, <laughs> Did you write yeah. that yourself, Matt? <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, like, their actual saying, they say, like, Welcome to the Smoothie King. Like, this drink will do, or something. <laughs> it's, it's just horrible. I can't remember what it is, but it's something just, like, totally, like, not memorable. Yeah. It's just, it just horrible. So, oh. Sam, you got one more hate for yeah, us? Yeah, my last hate, uh... My last hate, and this, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but it's a big one for me. I fucking hate the reclamation of Sam Hinkie. Wow. The, Let's spend some time on this. The rose-colored glasses that we are now using to analyze his tenure as GM. Wow. And the way that particularly teams like my last hate, the Chicago Bulls, now seem to be emulating his approach to rebuilding a team. The reclamation of Sam Hinkie drives me fucking crazy. Matt, can I read you your guys' draft record really quick? 2013, Michael Carter-Williams, Glenn Rice, hey, Pierre Jackson. Hey, Rookie of Jackson. the Year. Yeah, Rookie of the Year. Playing for which team right now? I believe the Hornets. He's playing for the Charlotte Hornets if he hasn't been benched. Next year, he selects Joel Embiid, Alfred Payton, KJ McDaniels, Jeremy Grant, Russ Smith, uh, a couple of the guys later in the round. Alfred Payton. Uh, traded obviously right away. Uh, in the ensuing year, Jaleel Okafor, Willie Herman Gomez, Rashawn Holmes, uh, and a couple other later picks. I won't hold the later picks against him, but none of them are NBA players that you would recognize. And that was it. That was hey, it. Those Okafor were the three. has played over 0.5 games this season. Uh, and he's vegan, so that's cool. He's, uh, almost, he's almost played two games. The fact, I mean, this guy, I mean... Again, like we, we skipped over a lot of his second-round picks because I wouldn't be able to pronounce their names because they're not NBA players anymore. This guy, in that list, I just... Is went, uh, has Sir Dominic Poitier on that list? He has one NBA star. I mean, Joel Embiid, who is the most fragile and potentially least healthy NBA star, the most, most vulnerable unicorn that we have in this league. And I know that his legacy has to also include the bounty of... In, uh, future first round picks that he acquired to that the team. Bounty is getting pretty low. They don't have any good picks. They, they're done. I mean, they're, they're, more. they like, traded. They, they traded the this pick, and then that's it. Like they have no like good picks coming up. Yeah, they this traded is their team. They traded away the future ones. I mean, they traded away and then they've uh, traded away the next second round pick that they had picked up. Their stash that they've acquired is going out the door. So there's this general idea of uh, uh, of the current fun, awesome 76ers kind of uh, justifying the hinky years, and it's just like okay, like. Just look, look at the years of shit that they went through, and it, 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 the reclamate, it just drives me crazy. Like, it was such a, the process was such a Ponzi scheme pile of shit, and their current team is fun and exciting, and they have two awesome, awesome players, but I don't think that the way, like, I don't think that you can, you have to attribute the process to why they got those players, but that's not the only. That's not the only way they got. They got. They still got lucky to get those players, and they fucked up a lot of those picks. Yeah, I mean, Noel was traded away for a second round pick. 
Uh, or it was a first round pick that will probably is heavily protected. Yeah. Probably a second round pick. Uh, this this week, I cannot believe that trade. The Okafor Sam, trade Sam, are is we, are insane. We talk about our third podcast. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it later because this this trade is insane. It's you, insane. You're giving up three things of value for one thing of no value. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah, so he really only hit on Embiid, but Embiid missed his first. Two years? Two like, years, yeah. So it's like... I that mean, was one of the crazy thing. Looking back through Sam Hingy's record, Embiid was drafted before Okafor. That's wow, so crazy. That's, that's insane, yeah. That's so crazy, man. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I buy that, man. You're right. Like, Hingy gets, like, all this love. All He he made a couple of good trades. I, I like the one with Sacramento. Yeah. Where they... Yeah, yeah, this fleecing Vladi Divac. Yeah, great, yeah. great, great call. Absolutely. But, but like, there's there's this narrative now that's going now where, where they're looking at the current team, they're looking at the players that they have and the, and the way it's built. And people are retroactively asking, like, would Hinky have approved of deals they're doing now? Is like they're they're kind of they're no, some of their, their deals more now make sense. The Reddick move or something like that. The more kind yeah. of win now approaches. Would Hinky have signed off on deals like that? That a little more win now. And it's creating this narrative where if they don't, like they're in the playoffs now. But if they don't make the playoffs, or if they if they falter in the later season, where people are gonna be like, oh well. Hinky never would have done those fucking... Yeah, Hinky would never have done anything. He yeah. would have traded away his future picks for future picks for future picks. He would have traded his way into the year 3000, if possible. Hinky, like, the, the, there was no... And it, there, was, there was nothing that he did as GM beyond mortgage their future and miss on second-round picks. And be smug about everything. And be just absolutely above everything. Just so, the current... Reframing and 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 analyzing things now. Well, what would Hinky have done? The, the WWHD approach to the to the to the seventy sixers drives me fucking crazy. He's almost become mythical. It <laughs> is. It is the process. I mean, Embiid yeah. co-opting the name. The process is. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's just. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I hope that. I mean. And then meanwhile, you have this other example in the Eastern Conference of a team, the Celtics, who have completely rebuilt themselves without doing any of the fucking insane shit that Hinky did. And, and Ainge is the real Hinky. Like, this offseason, he unloaded an injured Isaiah Thomas, a pass the hill Crowder, and yeah. a, a pick that, you know, the Brooklyn pick is probably going to land around six yeah. for a 25-year-old superstar. Yeah. He also traded... The, the number one pick Woo! to get the player he wanted at number one. Yep. And then probably got like, I mean, I don't think the Lakers are going to be bottom five. This I don't think they'll year. be two through five this year. But then probably, it, but then it turned trash. to like the Kings unprotected. Unprotected next year. So yeah. next year. So I mean, what are the Kings going to be? Eighth? I mean, it, it's like. And we still got the Memphis got the pick. Player. And we still have the Memphis pick. That's a good better That is better, yeah. top. I believe top eight protected this year, then and then the same next, but then it eventually becomes unprotected around 2019, I mean, 2020. Talk about worst like worst yeah. outlook for a team. You got yeah. Memphis on the list. So. Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, no one should trade Danny Ainge. He's doing it, and yeah. So the the reclamation of Sam Hinkie makes me sick. I like it. All right, so my last uh, my last love. Let's love. Let's, let's give some love and a little positivity. Yeah. I could see you hating this, but uh, I, I really love the extreme intentional fouling. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter <laughs> took nineteen free throws yeah. because he was fouled every time he touched the every time he touched the ball. Okay, so you love okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love it when teams 
when teams do something creative, like let's see how it works. It's and, the closest and, thing to a trick play you're gonna get. At the end and of the games. 76ers never took him out, and he played the whole fourth quarter, yeah. and, and they never took a shot. Yeah. Until like the last couple of, like seconds, like th- there was like uh, an eight minute game time stretch yeah. where the 76ers never took a shot. There was just Ben Simmons shooting free throws. Now let me ask you. And this he was slightly over five hundred. Just. Yeah. But it was like fifty-two percent something. Because you say that you you hate free throws, and I and actually I actually I, I hate free throws. I actually agree with you on I, I I I can reconcile these two positions. But you hate free throws, but you love this intentional foul. I love extreme but, intentional. Extreme foul. intentional foul. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when you, you watch the players player. shoot the free throw, there's more going on. The free throws are boring. So it's, much going. On. It but was in yeah. when in Philadelphia, the crowd's going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he was missing half of I actually the... enjoy watching those free throws. Amazing. It, yeah. it, it's great television. He's, you know, he's got the cool look on his face like Ben Simmons does. He's getting the crowd into it when he misses one. He's silencing yeah. the crowd when he shanks two. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it, it was fun to watch. It was super fun to watch. And it was like, yeah. you're, you're watching something a little bit different than just... It's different than the regular parade to the line. I it's, agree with you right there. I yeah. love I love the... Uh, I, I, I like that. It's, it's like a chess game. It's like a mental it is, thing. Yeah. It's going on. It makes those free throws exciting. I like that. That's really good. That's a, that's a great one. Uh, I'm finishing up. This, this, is a, this, is, this is a cheap one right here. My last love for the NBA. Our podcast, Matt. Thank you very much. That's my last love for I our... think we're making the NBA better. We're making it more watchable. Absolutely, we're yeah. explaining things. I mean, we're already the fourth most popular podcast with our name on stitcher yeah like if you if you if you search for dunk you very much pod sam and matt top four and then you scroll down a little bit you'll find out yeah, you I won't mean, see in the first screen you do actually have to scroll yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta look a little bit but i mean i think that no i just love the fact that we get to hang out kick it and and talk nba every week and i love that the nba keeps giving us such a amazing things to talk about so our pod is my last it's my last love for the nba so cheers to that cheers brother have a glass with us, right, guys? Uh, Cheers been, to our listeners. Yeah, our listeners. Yeah, we love you guys uh, most of all. Uh, both of you are great. Uh, this has been Dunk You Very Much. Dunk You Very Much Pod at gmail.com. Dunk You Very Much on, on Twitter. And Dunk You Very Much our Facebook page, which we do update and post podcasts on. You should check it out. It's a great page. It's active. Uh, uh, we love you guys, and we're coming back at you. We're going to do a little uh, NBA redraft. Look at the last couple it's of years. a little. It's not the well. last three years. We're gonna redraft the draft. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's intense. Gonna be intense. We're gonna be. We're gonna get into it. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, check us out, and we'll catch you next time. Good night. Thank you.